Well, good morning, gentlemen. Is that working? It's sort of working. I, I've got no, I've got no wedding glass. I can go ding, 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 ding to, which is good. I was telling Cami last night. I was kind of grateful that we weren't just recovering from a wedding a year ago. Our uh, daughter and new son-in-law. You got to get used to saying that. You have to practice that. Uh, I had a delayed honeymoon, and they went to Japan. And um, I was so glad that they were back in the country with all the news that was breaking out right as they got back. But uh, it is amazing when your children go off and do things that you would never try and do yourself. Um, I got a couple of announcements, but since I'm talking about families and children, I want to celebrate at the table in front of me. We have three generation of hills. That's Mountain Valley. No, I don't. No, no, no. We got Brandon, who's about to graduate college. Mark, who's, is it wife? It. So who's in the Free Burma Rangers oh, mission? Daughter Your daughter, Kimberly. And there is a movie coming out. It will only be out for two nights. It's February 24th and 25th. It will be in 800 theaters in the United States about the Free Burma Rangers. So um, put that on your calendar because that'll be amazing. And um, uh, Dave is the father of Mark. Dave, you got any words of wisdom? You, you got all... You got three generations here. First man to do it, to the best of my knowledge. Oh, <laughs> so, I think I'm I'm one of the, probably the ones with the eligible daughter in that category. So I hope that wasn't really directed at me. I heard it like it was. Well, um, I want to congratulate uh, families for being able to be together and being here this morning. Uh, I hope everybody had a great holiday. That your time with your families. Uh, family and fish, what three days is about 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 right. Um, it was uh, it's it's just remarkable what can come out of that quality time when you actually. My family decided a thousand po piece puzzle was the way to start every day, and so we have some remarkable pictures of people twelve hours into a thousand piece puzzle, um, but they were having a good time. We have some birthdays to celebrate. In fact, we have uh, two men from Dothan, Alabama, who both have birthdays on January the 11th. Would they be willing to stand and be acknowledged as both having birthdays on January the 11th? Do you know who you are? I'm happy to be from Dover, and I'm happy to be this old. There you go. There you go. So, so Roger and Miss Mitchell, I'm not going to ask what the age difference is, but once you figure it out, you know, let me know. Separated at birth. <laughs> Do we have any other birthdays this month that you want to uh, single out? You can make one up if you feel like you want the attention. <laughs> well, uh, I want to take just uh, two more seconds here on uh, welcoming our, our, our guest. Uh, he's not really been known to the congregation except for the last five or six years where you see him most Sundays in a video. But he's here today to talk to us about what's been going on in his life. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly which parts of his life he's going to be willing to share, but I enjoy seeing less and less of Jason. I, uh, Jason has lost an astonishing amount of weight in this last year, and I think this morning he's going to tell us the secret. And so the weight that he's lost that I found, I'm going to learn the secret to losing that same weight. So uh, with, with no more seriousness than that, I'd like to thank Jason for coming and speaking with us this morning and uh, for you guys for being here. Come on up, Jason. Thanks. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, very happy to be here. Always happy to be here. Love coming to this group, um, even when I don't get to stand up and talk. Um, I had a really awesome uh, message today about 
stories that have been going on in my life today, but saw Tom walk in and decided I'm going to change my story today. Um, um, I mean, no names were going to be given, but, you know, it would have been kind of obvious. So, um, <laughs> probably so. No, I, when Eric asked me to speak, I, um, I had, we need things, right? We always need things, but I don't want it to come across as a sales pitch to you. Um, and so what, I, what I'm going to do is share about four or five or six different things with you. I really have five or six different talks we could give uh, for the next five or six months, but um, probably would deplete the room very quickly uh, over the next few months, and we want this to continue to grow. So we'll just shove it all into one, uh, scratch the surface of several, and at the end, if you have any questions about any of those things, uh, we'll take a little time, if you, whatever it is. Uh, uh, my journey from the for a little bit, or uh, what's going on in the church, and as far as the youth ministry, or any of those kind of things that we're going to talk about, um, we'll do that at the end. Um, let's pray. Let's get started, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll continue. Father God, we thank you so much for this time, this uh, this day. For we are not promised it, and it is a gift from you. Uh, thank you for these men and their witness to this church, uh, their legacy, their experience, their their passion, their leadership, uh, their witness to their families, um, uh, to be the men of God you've called them to be, and witness to the world. Uh, help us to con- continue to do that and everything we do and say that it may glorify you. Be with my words this morning. They may uh, may teach, uh, learn, inspire, uh, help in any way you see fit. You name me pray. Um, first and foremost, I want to say we had a, a, a great uh, eight year, eight and a half years. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that. Five years, he says. You know, it seems only like five to you, but it's, it seems a lot longer to me. I, uh, um, we have some awesome things coming up. Many of you are very well aware. Several of you uh, helped establish Alter Your Life Weekend. Uh, AYL is our biggest event of the year. For the youth ministry, last year we reached almost 500 different students attending this weekend on campus. Uh, a life-changing event, literally, for a lot of uh, youngsters. Uh, again, I say several of you in this room, I know what you've done in the past and how you build that up. Uh, over 25 years now that we've had AYL at RUMC. Um, it has grown into a big community event, and it's really grown well beyond RUMC. And so that's the pitch to you, is that we need the church. It is an entire church event, we like to think of it as, not just uh, a youth event, uh, much larger than the youth families themselves can help maintain. So uh, there are opportunities for everybody to help, all kinds of ways. Uh, You don't have to be the young and spry table leader. Um, You think that has to be that kind of person which doesn't have to be that kind of person. But we also, uh, but we do need people in all forms and fashions. We need uh, host homes, people who are brave and willing to allow some teenagers to uh, come into their home. Uh, and that's a, that's a lot easier than people think it is. That scares some people. You think you have to have these huge, wonderful, uh, gargantuous mansions to be able to host a group like this, and it's just not true. We've had people, we've had... Um, uh, last year, year before last, we know we had a widow in the church, two-bedroom house, and she hosted a group of eight high school girls in her house. They slept in the living room, on the floor, on the couch, on the carpet. They loved it. They were seniors 
or they were, they've done it several years and told me it was the best one they had ever been a part of, uh, just because of who she was. So, um, it, and resources to help those things, it's a great thing. We need 40 to 45 different host homes for AYR to pull it off. Uh, and we struggle a lot of the times with that. Uh, just because people are, are nervous or unaware, but it's a, an opportunity for the church to show our students and the students of the community uh, how great the church is and how great this ministry is. So it's an opportunity. There are a lot of others. Uh, go through the whole thing. We have places where we need security. So you could literally just stand in the parking lot and make sure kids aren't running around places. You can uh, help move tables. You can help serve meals, just all kinds of stuff. There's a huge sign-up genius. I'll get Eric to send out to everybody uh, on an email uh, after this. And so you can look at it and see if there's an opportunity. You can pick one slot one time, or you can come just be here the whole weekend. Okay. Another opportunity just like that is our new event that we're going to have called Discovery Weekend. Discovery Weekend is the same type weekend for as all to your life but it's just for 6th and 7th graders. Uh, we pulled 6th and 7th graders out because we said, this is an awesome weekend for everybody, but what if we were to focus on just these guys? What if the 6th and 7th grade group could get a little bit more <laughs> specific attention to them uh, and could hear messages and, and have a community and a group that's really geared toward them and help them in their, in their growth and their spiritual growth and their process? So we've uh, created this Discovery Weekend it's actually not our creation. It's many of you are familiar with Walk to Emmaus and Chrysalis Weekends. Discovery is actually was started in 97, 98, 97 by associate pastor at First Methodist in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. God help her. That um, that was a big proponent and, and help of uh, Emmaus. And so she was a youth pastor as well. And so she wanted to have that same experience for the middle schoolers, which didn't exist. So she created this weekend. She ran it for about 20 years, and then, well, and that's not true, about <clears throat> 15 years, and then a few years ago, the upper room actually purchased the curriculum and the rights to it, and so now the actual upper room who runs Emmaus and Chrysalis actually runs Discovery as well. So it's essentially very similar, if you've ever been a part of that or know any of those kind of things. It's a three-day weekend where our high school students lead the weekend for the middle school students. Uh, they serve, they do. And so we don't need as many volunteers, but we still need a lot of help with it as well. So we'll have a sign-up genius for it. It is at the end of March. I, mean, I didn't mention Alter Your Life is the first weekend of February, uh, January 31st, February 1st, and, and Discovery is at the end of March, uh, 27th through June. So I don't want to bore you with the details of how you can help and all those kind of things, but these are two really awesome, awesome opportunities that we have in the church for spiritual growth for our students uh, that will impact, like I said, literally 500 plus students in, the, in our community and in our church that we're doing. And um, I'm very proud of it, but also want to encourage that it be a, a church-wide event. It's the only way we can really do it. So if you have the time, the inclination, the ability during those times, uh, help us promote it. Help us by helping serving, you can go online and find an opportunity. And if you have any other questions about those, you can get the end of this or send me a message and we can we can discuss that. As I said, when Eric asked me, I had all these things I want to talk about. So what I thought I would do is just kind of pitch them all in a way that I would tell you what 2019 looked like to me. We About this time last year, we started the year uh, doing well uh, with a youth group, not great. 
You know, we were kind of in a little bit of a lull. Attendance was a little down. Um, personally, uh, stressed to the max with work, with life, with everything. I didn't have enough time for family, didn't have enough time for work, didn't have enough time for anything. Sound familiar a little bit. I, uh, health-wise, I was, didn't realize how bad of a health I was at that time. Uh, it, it was just kind of one of those times in my life. It was a season where nothing was really great. Everything was either okay or a little subpar, and you start taking kind of a self-reflection. It was about mid-December, late December, right before Christmas, you just start kind of reevaluating things as the end of the year, like we all do. And so, for about a week or two, I just kind of thought through these things. And then December 30th, 29th, 30th, one of those days, I was getting ready one morning and I just noticed this drawer in my bathroom that just, I pulled it out. It's where all these medications were that I'm taking in my, in my bathroom. I was taking high blood pressure medicine. I was taking medicine for gout. I was taking medicine for all these things. And it just kind of hit me. I, at the beginning of the year, I wasn't taking any of those medicines. Uh, and in the course of that year, now I'm on like four of them. And I just kind of thought about that. For a second. And I started thinking about those medicines. Almost all of those were self-induced by things that I was doing, the things that I was uh, or not doing, you know, uh, not taking care of myself, not taking care of things I was supposed to. And so it just kind of hit me all at once. And I said, well, I can take care of this, right? I can do this. And so um, it's one of those, it's the end of the year. What's the best thing to do? Let's make a resolution. Let's just say we're going we're gonna to lose weight. We're going to, you know, and, um, and this number popped up that I said, well, this is what I got to do. I gotta, I'm going to get under 250 pounds at 249 because, and this is my motivation, because at 250 pounds is the max that I can go tandem skydiving. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit under, I'm going to hit 250, and so then I can go skydiving, and that'd be my reward for doing so, right? So that was my plan. Sorry, January. Uh, that literally, I mean, this is how God works, right? So funny, so amazing. Literally, the next day, I'm on Facebook, and one of these youth ministry Facebook groups that I'm in with 10,000 youth pastors on there, and thing pops up. YouthPastorDiet.com. <laughs> I love to think that that's prevenient grace and that that's God, you know, providence. But realistically, there are probably a whole lot of people in the same boat I was in, you know, in the same world and the same things. So it was probably much more of a profit deal than anything else. But that's quite all right. I, it affected me and I, it inspired me and I signed up. 35 bucks. Whoever loses the most gets $1,500 in a hundred days, not six weeks, not, you know, a month, a hundred days, hundred days winds up being what? Six, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, yeah, three months ish, a little less than three months. Okay. That's a long time. 11 weeks, whatever it was, 10 weeks. Um, I can do that. Sure. Let's do that. Um, and so we, we, we decided to do that and started and it was great. Accountability was there. Uh, that was the number one thing. You had to weigh weekly and post weekly to be able to be in the drawings for all these other things they gave away during the time. Right? Not a big deal. Really good, like always. Like I've done this several times, right? For about four weeks, hit it, stayed with it. Um, and this time, it wasn't necessarily my fault. This time, I had to uh, have surgery in February. Made it through AYL at first of February, the whole month, didn't do bad, didn't cheat. 
but I had, it was hard to struggle, but I was, was man enough to do this. And so uh, I went through that, but then right after a while, I had to wind up having surgery uh, for uh, a, uh, it was a, a block, a, we're all men, a urinary blockage. So wasn't a fun thing. And so I had to do that. And, and post-surgery was not good for me. I, you know, fell off the wagon, did all those things, didn't follow through with it, was just tired, was just whatever. I uh, didn't care anymore, um, whatever it was. I had lost 30, 25 pounds in the first four or five weeks and wound up gaining about 10 of that back, you know, in the next few weeks, just not doing what I was supposed to do. Uh, next couple of months, started back and forth. Okay, I'm going to commit to it, and then I fall off. And commit to it and fall off. Well, um, we begin Lent. And, and as usual, we do, hey, what do you want to give up for Lent? Well, let's talk about the sacrifice. Talk about the sacrifice and the take on of these actions for to, to observe Lent with the students. And this year was it just kind of one of those just going through the motions. We just said it. A couple of kids, not a bunch, you know, handful all decided they're going to commit to it. It was two little girls, an eighth grader and a ninth grader, or actually seventh grader and eighth grader at that point. They're eighth and ninth now. They said, yeah, we want to do it. Awesome. We talked through it a little bit, talked about the commitment, what it means, you know, not about the thing, but, what, you know, really the intent and, and what it means, what you're doing with it. One of the girls was going to give up chocolate and, uh, and her cell phone. <laughs> Seventh grade girl. Yeah. And the other one was going to give up all social media, which may not mean a whole lot to you guys, but that's pretty impressive as well. I say, yeah, you're not. Neither one of you are going to follow through that. So let's talk about what happens when you don't. <laughs> through my own personal experience, what happens when you don't do those things, the guilt you have, some of those things. So we, we kind of walk through those. And I, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we start going. And, I, you know, you kind of forget. A couple weeks into it, I saw him. It reminded me. I said, how's it going? It's like, oh, it's so hard. It's so tough. But, you know, you, 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 know, you said, when we think about it, you know, focus on these things, do these things, and it helps, and it has helped. And cool. Um, Time passes, forget about it again. Easter Sunday morning, kind of remembered that we had this conversation. See them both at church. Ask them, you know, how to go. Now, are you glad now you can have your phone back? How quick did you grab your phone, you know, after it was over on Sunday morning? Did you? And both said, haven't touched either. None of this stuff. Haven't, haven't looked at my phone yet. Wow. Uh, didn't log on, didn't in social media. I said, cool. Pretty impressive. And I said, uh, yeah, it's like, because we don't need it. Because you said every time we think about it, to pray. Every time we think about it, have a worship song on our mind, sing. Do something. Give praise to God instead of these things. I said that? <laughs> sure I did, because that's a speech we always get. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow. You know, I made that same commitment at the beginning of Lent. This is becoming my commitment, right? I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do these things. And I slacked off and hear these 12 and 13-year-old girls who are examples to me right so that day it's like it something happened um something said this isn't that hard this isn't that big a deal this isn't what i'm making it out to be i make it this big huge hard life thing that's just the hardest thing i've ever done it's just food you know why am i allowing it to be such a big deal literally that, and so i can make a commitment so day after easter that was a day and uh Literally that week, we started working on stuff for middle school camp, what we were doing, and a curriculum and lesson and what we're going to talk about. And God led me to this idea of the word 
repentance. We were studying it, we we're looking at it, we we're doing it, and uh, and so we started looking at it and what it meant, and and this idea that and our biblical scholars over here can help me with the words. I forget the words, but Old Testament repentance, the actual word, two words, uh, Nahum and something. Um, the two of them uh, together form the old word uh, repent, which literally means, as we all know and have heard, like to feel sorrow is one of them, and then the other is to flee. So to to feel bad about it and then run away, run the other way, turn and go. And so we talked about that, and then. I mean, I, we were reading about that and then said, but the New Testament word, it's not that. New Testament word and the word repentance that we talk about literally, literally meant to change your mind. It didn't involve feeling bad. It didn't involve those things. It literally meant to just change the way you think about something. And the difference of those two things really caught me. You know, that it really is about making a choice and deciding and being, I want to be different. And so that is really what inspired me the most in that moment. And since that day, so up until then, I'd lost 30 pounds total in four or five months of uh, struggle back and forth. Since the day after Easter, zero struggle, not a thing from that day on in 2019 to now I lost another 70 pounds. Uh, goal was 249 for me would have been 127 pounds that time. I was 376 pounds, biggest I'd ever been. Uh, all these things kind of weigh on you, and uh, and the goal was 127 pounds. My, I didn't hit it. I was going to do my birthday because I was losing. I was doing well, and I was on track. As that my birthday in September, that was going to be the deadline. And then you hit these walls when you're doing it, and you're, if you've ever done this kind of thing, uh, plateaus and walls, and so uh, it just wasn't going to happen. And I wasn't going to stress over it. It's a deadline. It's a deadline. It didn't matter. I'm in. You know. Still doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so we stretched it back to Christmas. And Christmas was going to be my deadline to hit 100. And I did stress a little bit there at the end to make sure I hit that one. And we did. December 17th, 18th, something I hit 100 pounds. And then kind of just didn't. The scale has been in my bathroom drawer now. And the thing, I haven't pulled it out to look at it every day. To hit that goal was a big deal. Um, and that's kind of where I am right now. So starting back up, trying to hit the... Um, the rest of that, about another 25 or 30 to get to that. Still want to hit that goal. I think that would be a great thing to do, but I'm not stressed over it. So the the word of that is that idea of changing the way you think about this. What does that apply to your life, right? What does that apply to things that are going on like finances, family time, relationship with Christ, things that are important that you think might be important, maybe not. How do we know those things? We discern those things through prayer of the Holy Spirit, through this group, through church, why we do these things. But, but yeah, that's, it, was a, it was kind of an awakening kind of thing. It was kind of a, an awareness, but it helped a lot in that process. I'd always seen your faith journey and my faith journey, and, and especially with the kids, as a, as a heart transplant, the heart of Christ. We need to change our hard heart to God's loving and giving heart. I think equally as much, I wouldn't say instead of, we need to have brain surgery, you know, and the way we think about it. Because where your thoughts go, there life goes. The way we think. Anyway, um, really cool uh, time there for me for, so for the last year. A lot of ups and downs. We went from from that surgery in February to Easter and to that realization of what was going on, to starting that process, to uh, along the way, ordination was another topic I was going to bring up. In this, in this year, we've gone from going back to decide that this is something I want to pursue that I had pursued before and put it off and uh, was ready last year, was going to do, and then just 
didn't put the effort into the, I like to say I didn't have the time to get together all the resources and the paperwork had to be done. I did, I just didn't put it as a priority, uh, what I was doing. So, so we put it off from last year to this year and decided that it was something we wanted to finish and do and pursue this year and put time and effort into kind of that whole changing of the, of the mind part of it. And so in a uh, long story, a little shorter, in October was recommended by the district committee, passed it to go to the Board of Order Ministry, which I'll do in March. Well, which I would do in March if I got all the paperwork done. The paperwork that I didn't think I had enough time to do to get to the district committee was about this big. And the paperwork to get to there was about from here. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I, thank you. Right, right here. Right. Uh, Tom knows very well. Tom was a part of that process in his last church, has done it a bunch, and has seen uh, a lot of people through that process. Um, it was very helpful in mine as well. And so then that kind of, it's like, yeah, you think, you think you've changed your mind. You think you're there. Well, you got this much of it done. Now you got literally, literally three times as much to get done in, you know, in three months or whatever it was by the time I got from, from mid-October to January 6th. Um, that amount of work to be done tripled. And so, awesome. That's what we need to do. So, um, through everything else and through a lot of help for other people, we, we got that turned in. Eric was one of those, helped uh, do a lot of grammatical stuff. When you're writing fast and you and you throw things down and uh, you get somebody to send your, send it, that had done some revisions and very simple little mistakes, you you know, send back, you feel like, wow, that is why did I not see that? Because I read it 10 times and I didn't see that comma should be right there or that word was misspelled. But it's great to have other people uh, have eyes. Um, so that could preach as well, right? I mean, a lot of our lives, we think, and everything we're doing and things that we're doing are all great. And we have other eyes on it sometimes to help us see small little things and help us and improve in our ways. Um, so I got that turned in. And so that ordination process, I have interviewed in March uh, for the Board of Our Ministry. And I have no idea. You know, you don't know. Don't know what it's going to be, uh, just like the diet thing. Put it in God's hands, uh, prepare as much as I can, do as I can, but it is not the stress as it was. You know, I will let that be all in God's hands. Um, from this year also, uh, the challenges of that first surgery uh, then uh, recurred. Essentially, there was some scar tissue from something. Uh, I don't know if it was kidney stones or whatever it was, but... And that was the surgery that I had to remove uh, in February. Um, it, I'm gonna love to tell this story. A little time ago, I got a few minutes. Love to tell this story, y'all. This is the one group that would definitely appreciate this story. So, October the I, I did the, I did the surgery in February, uh, and he said come back and see me six months. So that'd have been the end of September or whatever it was, first of October. Had the appointment, the the follow appointment planned for uh, mid October um, with my urologist and. October the, I don't know what, whatever that Sunday was, the, the Thursday, um, started feeling that same pain again that was before, uh, and we're like, uh-oh, you know, it's not good, and so um, kind of put it off a little bit, Thursday, Friday, um, thinking it was, it was golf tournament weekend, whatever that, that, that weekend, so y'all, those who are part of that know that it was that weekend, that was Thursday, Friday, before. Uh, Friday, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad again, but you know, not as bad as I was before. It's just kind of starting Saturday. I wake up and was in pretty bad pain, but it was Auburn, Florida weekend. 
So they were on early, so I went and sat down in my chair and watched football for about eight hours. I didn't have to move a lot, didn't have to do much. Uh, it, was, it was like, this is awesome, you know? Uh, didn't, didn't affect me too bad. Uh, my wife said that night, I think you got a bladder. I said, okay, a bladder infection. Um, and she said, she said, I don't know, had a bunch, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, and so Sunday morning, I wake up, and I am supposed to go help serve communion. I think it was World, is that World Communion Sunday? I think it was the first Sunday night, whatever it was. Uh, so I'm in there, I'm supposed to go, I'm dressed and ready, it's 7.30 in the morning, and, uh, or just about getting ready, and I have a, I am drenched in cold sweat, and I am white as a ghost. And I walk in the room, and Jennifer, Wife looks at me. He's like, "You feeling okay?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm fine. What's up?" <laughs> no, I'm not. Wasn't hurting or anything. Nothing obvious. No fever. No anything. She's like, "I think you need to go to the doctor. I think you need to go to urgent care." I'm not going to urgent care. I go to serve communion. Susan's gonna yell at me if I'm not there. I gotta be there. Um, she uh, said, "Said you need to go to urgent care." It's like, "It's fine. I'm not gonna golf tournaments tomorrow." I'll go Tuesday. You know, whatever. I can do all that stuff. She's like, "You need to go." urgent care and it's 7 30 you'll be back in time you go for an hour nobody's there go straight through straight out it's just an antibiotic you take the antibiotic you'll be good you can play in the golf tournament you'll be better okay now you're talking um okay so i did that because i wanted to play in the golf tournament feel better for it went to urgent care um well, first urgent care I went to said we don't have a doctor so you can either go home or go to the other urgent care you're in a hospital and you're in urgent care and you don't have a doctor that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I'll just go home. I, I tried. I did what she wanted to. Got in the car. Just started driving and just went to the other urgent care. Other urgent care. Doctor said, um, did a little test and said, yeah, I think you, uh, think you need to go to the ER. It's like, you need to get an antibiotic really quick. Think you may be septic. Um, so we don't quite know yet. It looks like it. Test hard to do in the ER. Need to... I mean, in the urgent care, we need to get your ER. Most importantly, you need to get that antibiotic in faster than the pills are. Um, and we don't, we can't do it here. Didn't complain. It's like, okay. Um, went to the ER. They uh, started giving me antibiotic, and they said, uh, yeah, I think you need to stay overnight. Uh, yeah, we did blood work, and you got sepsis. Awesome. Urologist is out of the country. His assistant comes to help and uh, and says, yeah, you've got one angry bladder. Um, don't really know... Uh, why wow, you're not sicker than you are, right? So, yeah, we need to keep you. And so for, I missed the golf tournament. Two days, I'm in the hospital. And uh, antibiotics, all good. Not a big deal. That's, uh, doctor comes back second day, second round. Said, yeah, it's all gone. You don't have anything in you. The problem there in lies when I was in the ER, didn't know a lot about sepsis. Had heard about it. Heard about it in really old people and babies and that kind of thing. So I Googled it while I'm in the ER, which you don't ever, ever do. <laughs> I'm already dead at this point. <laughs> but, but from what I heard from the urologist, it wasn't that bad. Barely anything just started, you know, all those kind of things. Wouldn't, it was just, if there's a barely, you know, to your blood being poisoned. Um, so I, um, I, we leave the urgent, I mean, leave the hospital and, uh, my son, my wife had made my son spend the night both nights at the hospital in the world. I mean, I appreciate that. We don't get to spend enough time, but he's on his phone the entire time. We spoke three words the entire two nights he was there, right? Um, whatever. Uh, it's good. It's good. Make him do that. 
Come to find out why she did that, it's because the doctor told her, had I, didn't tell me, he told her, had I waited till Tuesday to come in, said, been at least 14 days in the hospital uh, on, on the good side, on the bad side, about five days to live, right? <laughs> and that's what they heard, and that's where they were, and that's why she wanted him to spend that time with me. That's why they were acting weird the entire time. It's just a bladder infection. It's not that big a deal. So, uh, so yeah, the idea that you know God has his hand on us all the time in what we're doing, if we're just aware of what's going on and the people around us and the things around us and what we're doing kind of became prevalent also. So, so yeah, so that's then that week that was on, I got out on Tuesday. On Thursday, I had my interviews at, uh, for district committee. Um, like, well, this is going to stink. I am not prepared, you know, to answer. I got all the questions, the paperwork done, but I am not prepared to, you know, didn't study for this, didn't, didn't do this, and God's grace made it through that. So, uh, so yeah, so 2019 was fun. Uh, it's been a great year, um, and uh look forward to a lot of things coming. Um, so, yeah, the, the, to wrap that all that up into one bow would be to say, um, worshiping God with our, with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, I would have to say up until recently, I probably skipped over the word mind. You know, I would think that, I, and I understood that to be study and growing and, and that sort of part of it, but not so much the part of th- rethinking, thinking the way God thinks instead of just mm-hmm. learning about who God is. So like I said, there's a lot of topics, a lot of stuff in there, a lot of things we we're going to that I could speak on for several weeks and months uh, about things going on in our lives and life of the church and student ministry, but I wanted to, to share some of that. Uh, anybody after any of that have any questions about anything? Number one question is, so what have you been doing to, to lose the weight? Everybody wants to do that, know that, and nothing. I mean, literally, it's been uh, just not it, it, just not thinking about it. I mean, it, just, it. It didn't dwell. I didn't stay on it. I didn't where I was obsessed with number of calories and what I'm taking and what I'm not really what you're not having is what I always focused on what I couldn't have and we know we focus on what I couldn't we can't have you always want those things right just just not thinking I mean clearly eating a lot less putting a lot less junk in my mouth helps uh, cutting out I mean the obvious really if you formulated a plan it came down to uh, 1400 calories a day three quarts of water a day Work going to play basketball from five thirty to seven three days a week uh, Monday Wednesday Friday working out gym try and do two days a week um, yeah if if you want me to lay out what we you know at least where I started it that'd be about it um, and that's a lot of change for me from where I was you know things you have to do quit combat. didn't even go back because you know at that point you start looking at it, that guys you know you've lost 30 and they've lost 80 or something like that so you know you're not doing it. and that's and it was designed that you would keep going because they're giving away prizes all along the way and they cut out they did it for whatever it was 10 weeks 12 weeks 12 weeks whatever and they and they would cut out the bottom 10 percent of the people every week so if you didn't make you didn't make the cut but then you keep posting they wanted you to keep posting even though you didn't have a chance to win so you would and they were giving away. They gave away like vacation to Hawaii. Yeah, I mean these are donated prizes to the to the organization to the company, and they would give away these prizes along one of those every week to make you give you incentive just to stay on there. So, but that's how they would eliminate ten percent every every week or. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's you think about what the what could have been, what might have been, don't dwell on them. Appreciate God speaking through people in your life. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yes. Sir. Thank you. Uh, Deacon, uh, for those who are unaware, um, 
these two lovely gentlemen over here are both ordained elders, which are itinerant, which can be moved around, you know, those kind of things. Serve as pastors. Deacons are more the Nancy Lane variety. Um, servant ministry, who do uh, other aspects and service ministry type thing. Objective is I know that God's called me to do youth ministry uh, in some form or fashion, at least at least as it stands now that way. Uh, but I don't think that changes. I don't think my calling to serve the pastor of a church, at least not in that capacity. I think I can pastor, uh, but I don't think I'm I'm called to be in the as much in the order part of the church. Um, having to lead the finance committees and the and all those other parts of the church. It just, Few people in this room could probably scream amen. You know, the Johnny Wrights of the world could probably say, "You got that right, brother." Um, but, but, and I understand that is my calling, um, but can serve that in different ways. So uh, the difference is instead of being appointed by the bishop, you are you kind of find your own appointment, and then they appoint you. So that's the difference. Um, another question I ask when they hear about that is, "When are you?" So you're going to leave as soon as you get ordained, and no, I mean. That's never the never the intent, and that's not why I'm doing it. It's just to certify that calling, clarify that calling in my life, to because it's been a very long process. It's been about a eleven year process for me now. It's not that long for most people. Uh, seminary took me eight years because I was going two classes a semester online part time, so it kind of drug out longer than it you know could have. I don't say should have. We and then the desire of this is absolutely what I want to do versus, yeah, I think this is what I want to do. I had to shift. So, yeah, I have no plans, desires, or anything to go anywhere, move, do anything. You know, eventually we put out the pasture probably. I guess when you're when you're pushing the walker into the youth groom, they probably, <laughs> they probably don't look good at that. But yet, Mark Kramer did it for years. So, you know. Yeah. Yes. You'd be pleased to know I had an aunt. Mm-hmm. There you go. Husband, yep. kids. I know a guy who in who served Florida for a long, long time. That's how I got to know him. And then he moved to Texas. He's there now. And Kirk and he uh, just finished his fifty-first year as a full-time youth pastor at a Methodist church. He's seventy-five. He's got plans to retire. I mean, he's, he kind of told us like, but it's not for another year or two. You know, so yeah, it's possible. Not probable, but it is possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other thing, last thing uh, we get a lot is the video that we're doing. So a lot of you, you know, have seen the videos and stuff. And again, I like to give the credit, a lot of the, the explanation and, and uh, praise to the video team. If any of you have been a part of that, if you've been asked or videoed, uh, especially Joe. Joe does such a great job of the interview process and the recording. He Makes people, everybody who's done it has come back and just said how comfortable they feel. And he has this way just to have a conversation and then records it and then pulls the story out and then sends it to me and we write a little bit. So my part of it is is small. Um, I get to be seen a lot uh, on them, but but the AV team at the church do a really good job. And I'd like to say also whenever in a group like this, several Sunday school classes have been to and they've asked about it. If you have suggestions uh, of people who you think should be recognized, their story is awesome and needs to be heard, uh, that you hear around, let us know. Um, that's what those are for. Drop us a line. We're always looking for to try to tell those stories of transformation, of how people have come to know Christ, how they've come to know the church, how the church has made a difference, how God's made a difference in their lives, whatever. It's just, it's pretty cool uh, and inspirational. Yes, sir. 
literally about to say that, Lance. You're so good. You're so good. Um, the name of the group is Dots, um, the Dads of Teenagers Support Group. I know that most of you didn't apply in this room, but uh, you have sons, maybe, that are. Uh, you, uh, you have once been. We have, I, I met, the reason the desire for that group to start is I had about a conversation with about three different guys in a span of about probably less than a month who were youth group dads who were just talking to and trying to, you know, get to be a part of the group over there or whatever, help out. They all, one was on a mission trip, one, you know, we, we, were, we bumped together, so we had conversations. They would just say how they're not connected to anything at the church. Kids come to youth group, they, and the parents come to church or the family goes to church, and that's it. They're not in a Sunday school class, they're not in a small group, they're not in anything. Had no friends at all or community here in the church. A lot of us take that for granted when we're connected to this class and we've done a class for years and years and years and years and it's ingrained to us and we assume everybody has that community. So why they're here, why else would they come? But when I ran across three or four of them in that time frame, I started thinking about how there has to be more of that. So we just uh, put out there and one of the harder times for dads, obviously you can all say, I mean, your kids are going through those formative years, identity and self expression, I'm trying to put it the best way I can. Um, the uh, angst that occurs and how to deal with that kind of stuff through the teenage years. Um, there are no experts. They're just shared experiences that we can all talk about and try to help one another through that process. So um, that's what we've done. It's been a different group almost every week, you know, different people every time, every time just come and hang out and talk and just see if there are other people. But uh, it's Friday mornings at the RUMC Coffee House. Uh, so if you want to spread the word, tell people, tell if you have any youngsters, uh, youngers who might benefit from something like that, uh, or a few of us who are, you know, of age who have those kinds. Um, it's a good time for fellowship just to, to focus and let people know they're not alone in that process. Some good stuff's come. Lance's come a couple of times. Seven. Seven to, we say seven, seven forty-five, just so everybody can be gone and if you need to go to work or whatever, um, hang out more than that sometimes, but that's the official time. Yeah, good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, all that you do. Thank you for being here and your commitment to this church and to God. And I uh, pray that you continue doing that and we see mighty things through it. I thought it was so appropriate that last week's video was uh, Justin Combs. You probably remember he was here at breakfast back in June. And, uh, you know, he's a local pastor, which means he's at the beginning of his sort of ordination process more, but he's already in the midst of, you know, trying to shepherd a church. And it was just great to see that, that vision that he has had now living it day by day. Um, it's not an easy path to walk. And so, uh, it was just really nice to see him there. What Jason didn't share is when I was talking to him about speaking at men's breakfast this week, um, I, I learned that his deadline for the rest of the ordination material was Monday night at midnight. And so uh, this is you're celebrating 72 hours or so since you had to turn in that. And uh, hopefully uh, everything will go smoothly from uh, here through the uh, end of that process. We are so blessed to have pastors and staff around us that are authentic, that live real lives, really connected to real people. Um, I see the youth department largely through my daughter's eyes. And us being able to even talk about that is a good experience for me. Um, All to Your Life is coming up Super Bowl weekend. Uh, who here has been a host home? 
Okay, any of you who don't have your hands up, ask someone who did, and you would not believe how it is possible for someone to come camp at your house without you turning your house into a bed and breakfast. There are, or or romper room. And the kids are amazingly well behaved. That's not because you become chief babysitter, because the ninth grade boys that we had last year ranged in this big to this big. And you're like, wow, I'm so glad I wasn't in charge because they provide a chaperone, a college age or plus person who is going to be the instiller of peace in your house so that at four o'clock in the morning, when they're having a conversation that they need to have, it's not going to keep you awake. But it is astonishing to get to be in the building while that's going on. If you don't want to do it at your own home, there's a thousand little things that you can do here on this campus to make that weekend go smoother. So I will be sending out the link to the Sign Up Genius. I will probably send it to the whole list of everyone who gets the, the men's breakfast, not just the sign-up sheet. I want to apologize for the sign-up sheet. We really are working on how to line up our ministry platform system and the sign-up sheets that you get over there. Those of you who are new to the church, like Alan Kennedy, who has to has to write his name, you know, on there. I'm like, so please know that don't, uh, if your name is not on that list, that's not a sign. That's just an indication that we're trying to, to work that out. Um, you know, I feel so blessed every time we get together. It's not always the same blessing. You know, today we got to hear Scott's story. Um, I, I couldn't have anticipated that Brandon would be here, a product of our own youth department, who's now about to graduate and be out in the real world. Uh, I won't tell him who you're going to go work for. You can tell him that. But to, to be in front of a table that has seen the legacy that this church provides, you get to see how God works in different generations in different ways. And, uh, you know, that's a powerful thing. So, Jason, thank you for being here this morning. Um, we are going to meet the first uh, Thursday of February. Um, the March date is moving around because there's a yard sale or something. This, we, uh, we want to be supportive of the other activities going on uh, on campus, but uh, we will meet the first Thursday of February. Any other announcements that I have left out that people want to make? With that, I want to wish you all a great day. Please tell somebody that you had a meaningful time here this morning. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll ask a question about what that meant, and it'll give you an opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in your life, and that's generally enough to make a difference in theirs. Have a good morning, gentlemen.